Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. Center. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. You're listening to Nothing But Nut Radio. It is 4 p.m. Mountain Time here on Saturday. We are happy you are joining us for another week of Denver Nuggets discussion. It's a big week. The Nuggets uh, finally wrap up their road trip, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that. Let me first get into my co-hosts. Uh, down in Littleton, it is Daniel Lewis. Dan, what's happening? Not a lot. Glad to be here back on the show. That is, that's right. Always happy to have Dan. We, I was saying before before we hopped on that uh, we're we're a good foil for each other because we uh, we see things a little bit differently when it comes to the Nuggets. Also with us is. Miss Ashley Douglas down in Colorado Springs. Ashley, what's up? Not much. It's the weekend. Yay! It, it is finally. It was a. It was a fairly um. Fairly long week for myself. I had uh, last last uh, last weekend. I was in Phoenix. Uh, for a wedding, and it was, it was one of those things where I, with work I could only fit it into where I drove. I drove to Phoenix on Friday, uh, Friday afternoon. Got in at like two in the morning. Uh, went to the wedding Saturday night. Drove home Sunday. Uh, got in about like three in the morning, and then that I think that trip just completely. Uh, it made mm. me. It's like it's like I got no break, you know, for the whole weekend. I just kept. Uh, Need vacation from vacation. Exactly. So I'm doing nothing this weekend. I am just hanging out. That's. Beautiful. That's my plan. Hanging out and watching basketball. So, um, sounds like what the Nuggets are going to be doing in two weeks. Oh, <laughs> Dan, Dan gets us all started off with the hot, the hot take. Um, you are grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to manage Dan's grumpiness throughout this, throughout the show. That's going to be the, the main challenge. Um, but no, yeah, so I want to talk about the road trip. It, it wrapped up uh, last night against the Thunder. The Nuggets, man, they get they get a win. Like I mean, it's mathematically not necessarily a must-win per se, but I mean, that is as much of a must-win game as, as any. I mean, pretty much, as we'll talk about all these games, I think, down the stretch are, are coming, are pretty much must-wins at this point. Um, but the Nuggets pulled that off last night to close out the road trip for the seven-game road trip, three and four uh, a lot of miss. I think the theme will, will, that I'll want to talk about is is a lot of missed opportunities on that road trip. A lot of a lot of missed chances to not only make up ground on their opponents, but just just in the games in general, chances to win. Um, so we'll 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 discuss that. Um, then then uh, in in the spirit of optimism, Dan, we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to. Uh, Break down the uh, the Houston Rockets and, and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I, w- I want to hear the different reasons why the Nuggets might be able, if they could get into the playoffs, why they might be able to um, possibly possibly 
win a couple games, maybe even steal the series against one of those two opponents. Uh, we'll take a break and then, and then we'll finally, we'll get into, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play the other side of the coin. Uh, I want to talk about changes that the Nuggets might go through, uh, or might choose to do or what, what you Ashley and Dan might choose to do with the Nuggets. Um, last week, obviously we talked, we talked quite a bit about coach Malone. So we're going to, we're going to stray from that one. Cause I already know where Dan stands. Uh, on this topic, I don't, I don't technically know where Ashley stands yet on this, but we won't put her on the spot. Um, but we, I want to talk other than Coach Malone changes that you might think uh, the Nuggets should go, should go do uh, or maybe would do this upcoming off season, and that I think is pretty much going to wrap up the show for us. So um, let's start off. Let's start off with this this road trip, seven games. So it's the longest road trip of the season. It started off fairly soft with uh, the Nuggets getting the Grizzlies and the Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls. Heat, the only team there that's in playoff competition, they're they're pretty much I think still in what the eight seed uh, out east. So it's not even as if you know that they're uh, one of the premier playoff teams. But that was the toughest opponent. Nuggets, of course, um, only go one of two in that stretch, and then then they get into the really the meat, the tough part of the uh, the schedule, which was the the Washington Wizards, the Philadelphia 76ers, um, the Toronto Raptors, and then last night's game against the Thunder. Denver ends up only getting two. Well, goes two and two there. So maybe, maybe actually, in hindsight, that part they they end up doing okay on, um, and what you expect. But ultimately, in my eyes, you know, when when we went when we started this this um, road trip and we were talking on the show, I said, you know, they got to go at least five and two. Um, so going three and four uh, is a disappointment. And obviously, you can point to the to me, you can point to the games. You know, the Memphis game. Um, specifically how they let that one get away. But, uh, you know, the, the other things that I saw, uh, they had a lot of games where it was really close, where they had, they, I mean, they, they were in every game. They had an opportunity to win every single game on this road trip, um, and they ended up losing the majority of them. Dan, how disappointing is it for you for them to go 3-4 and four, uh, on these seven games? Um, I think... I think it's disappointing in the fact that they they really needed to win like these games, especially the game against Memphis right. um, to start the road trip. Like you want, you know, you you're, you know you're going to be on the road for a long time, but you want to try to get things started off on the right foot. And all you do is you just go out and you lay an egg against one of the worst teams in the NBA, a team that uh, last night sat Marcus all in the fourth quarter so that they could ensure that they lost to the jazz. So, you know, losing to a team like that is, is just really deflating. Um, and then, you know, losing a double overtime to Miami stinks, but stuff like that happens sometimes. Right. Um, and then like, you know, losing to losing to Toronto, that's, that's understandable. Um, and losing to Philly, that's, that's a, a tough team to play against, especially when you don't have Gary Harris, but, I mean, it's just, it's a little discouraging, but it is what it is. Do you? That's Nug Life. <laughs> it's, it is Nug Life. I, I, I get what you're saying about like Philadelphia and Toronto specifically, especially Toronto on that back-to-back, but don't you feel like there's a little bit, it's, it's almost even a little bit more discouraging because in both of those games, they had leads in the second half um, and then squandered them away, or I think more, more so in Toronto just ran out of gas. Um does it does it irk you even a little bit more that because like they they had a chance to steal both of those games and then they ended up losing it uh, because of poor effort in that second half? I think the Philadelphia game is probably worse than the Toronto game. I mean, the Toronto game you're on the second night of the back to back. You just have to fly up to Canada. The Raptors are the number one seed in the East, but right. against Philly, like, your offense was cooking, and then you just went into isolation ball in the third quarter and stopped playing defense. And the Nuggets are like a bottom five defensive team in the league. So if you're not even going to try, like you at least have to be scoring on offense. And if you go away from what works, like you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So it looked like a situation where too many guys were just trying to be the ones that like stopped to run. Like, okay, I got this. I mean, like, right. you know, try to hit that big we, shot. We don't need you to, we don't need you to get to solve this situation. 
we collectively need to solve this. Right. And it, it didn't look like they had enough trust uh, with with each other in that situation. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I would agree. Uh, Ashley, what about you? When you look back at this this uh, road trip and you, they go three and four, um, how disappointing is that? For me, it was most disappointing just to see them quit uh, and and kind of revert back to some of the things we saw them doing at this time last season where they, you know, come out of halftime totally, you know, flopping in the third and fourth quarter, giving up leads and just quitting. Like they just forget how to play or they stop playing because they just don't care anymore. Um, it's hard to obviously say if that's the case or not, but that's what it looks like. You know, you see a, few, a handful of players and we'll talk about some of my opinions in the changes section. So I'll reserve that. But, um, that's what was most disappointing. It's like, man, you guys, you guys were here last season. You remember how bad it hurt to miss the playoffs because you were doing this very thing one year ago, and here you are again. And right. and it's, it's it's infuriating as a fan. And I can imagine if you're a competitor like a Jamal Murray, you know, you it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think, I mean, that was a, that was a big theme for me, uh, kind of like as Dan t- touched on, especially in that in that first game against Memphis. I mean, this is this is like a game like it wasn't like, a, you know, you lose a you lose a road game to a, a team like Memphis in December. Um, I understand it from a sense of like, okay, that was a trap game, right? And and you overlooked it and you lost it, but like. At this point, you're you're right down in the final stretch of the season, and every single game is crucial, and that's painfully obvious. Um, and and the way they came out to start that game, where with, with the lack of effort, just was like it was incredibly infuriating to watch because it's like, man, it I don't understand how you can just overlook this game and act like it's not going to matter, or act like that you can. I mean, not, not I don't think that they act like they they don't think it can matter. I think that they just act like they don't have to. You know, it's oh, it's Memphis. We can just walk over this team, yeah. Uh, and and then you end up like, I mean, that's such a that's such a rookie mistake. And and like you said, they were there last season, so they should. You would think they would learn from things like that, and and they didn't. Well, you see some of the best teams in the league, like a LeBron James. He takes every competitor incredibly seriously. He, you know, I I'm sure he goes into different teams with different mindsets, but. He doesn't ever walk into a game thinking he's got it. And I and that that is a big difference maker between a team that consistently makes the playoffs and somebody like the Nuggets where they I, I do think they have this air of arrogance sometimes about them. Specifically or, Jokic. So I look at I look at a team like San Antonio who, you know, has had to deal with Kawhi Leonard being out all season basically. Right. And like a couple seems like just a week ago. Like we were, you know, people were worrying that the Spurs were going to miss the playoffs. They dropped down to like the seven or eight seed, and things looked bleak for them. Well, they're seven and three in their last ten games, and they've, I mean, they're they're only they're the four seed right now, you know, at forty four and thirty two, and they're only half a game ahead of Minnesota and Oklahoma City. But like, they've they've been winning down the stretch, and you know, they're seven and three. Minnesota six and four. Right. Oklahoma City six and four, um, the Utah Jazz seven and three, Pelicans five and five, Clippers five and five, Nuggets five and five. Right. So in a time when all these other teams are like, hey, we've really got to win these games, and and they're doing everything they can to win, you know, to to not just tread water, but to to make a little bit of a, of progress. The Nuggets are just even. Right. So we're in some cases losing ground. Yeah, I noticed that as well. That was like they. I mean, they definitely. They they missed an opportunity too. I think because teams like hey the Timberwolves and the Thunders, uh, the Thunders, the Thunder went six and four right, <laughs> and and the uh, uh, the Pelicans went five and five. Like there was a chance for them to gain a game or two on them, which in this race and how tight it is, uh, that that would be huge. And you think about specifically, okay, that game is. Uh, the Memphis game, I mean, it stands out. And then if you just just one of those three games between Miami, Philadelphia, and Toronto, any one of those, you end up wrapping up uh, instead of letting it get away from you. And 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 you're right. I mean, you're right there in the thick of this thing. Uh, instead, uh, you're 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 sitting here like, and it <clears throat> it almost seems. Uh, I mean, the odds are obviously stacked 
uh, against them. It's going to be tough. Uh, let's. Let, I want to flip the script though. Say, but yeah, if you want to look at it on the positive side, like the Clippers, they lost last night. Right. Or as you know, as we're recording it, it looks like they're they're going to lose. They're down twenty to the to the Trailblazers. They'll be tied with them for the ninth seed, and they'll just be what is it? Uh, two games back of the Jazz and Pelicans. Right. And two and a half games. Well, really still basically two games. I mean, two games back of the T-Wolves in terms of the loss column, you know, right? Like still just. Yeah, that's that's the team they can catch, I think, is the Timberwolves because they play them twice. They do play them twice. The thing is, is and well, what was so huge about that win against the Thunder is that they, uh, uh, they in order to get the tiebreaker uh, against the Timberwolves, uh, it's a it's a totally outside long shot, but they essentially they 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 cannot lose another divisional game, and the and the T Wolves can't win another divisional game. So, getting that win against the Thunder keeps at least keeps that tiebreaker alive. Um, for for another point, I mean for me, positives to take from from this um, from this this road trip, I guess is you know I mean. It, it seemed like they started taking things more seriously, obviously, against the Bulls. Uh, I mean, they played a tough game against Miami and just lost, but it, the Bulls game was, was a positive one for me because they actually they, they've played against the team they were supposed to beat, and they played like that. Um, and then obviously, obviously beating that the Thunder, you salvaged something like we were talking about and, and keeping that tiebreaker alive and actually bringing the Thunder back within striking range too. I mean, the Thunder are also um, just... Just going to be <clears throat> two games back of that loss column as well. So um, it, it really, I, I guess the positives you got to take is when you were down Gary Harris, you still were able to come back and um, at least keep your head above water. Like, thank you, obviously, Minnesota for, for losing to the Grizzlies uh, the other night, just like the Nuggets did, because that was, that was a big part of it. Um, Actually, we haven't heard from you. What, if, what, what kind of positives can you take from, from this road trip? Uh, I think in, in the OKC game specifically, uh, the way Paul Millsap and Jokic played together, that gives me hope for next season. Uh, obviously, it would have been ideal to have Millsap the entire season because I would have loved to see them playing together like they played tonight, you know, all season long, because I think that they would be in a much better place than they are now. But um, I think if they can keep that chemistry going and we can keep Millsap healthy, it's going to be pretty cool for them next year. Right, yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely there's definitely some bright things to look forward to, and I think you see um, – you definitely see that, especially with – with the way they, they kind of ground out some of these wins that they were able to get, um, and now and, and now the nice thing is, Susan, we'll get to we'll really I think we're really going to get to find out, you know, like here on these last few games, um, exactly where where these these young guys stand and what they're made of and whether or not they can put up a, a final fight and, and get maybe I know I mean it's, there's still a chance um, to get in or I guess there there there's an outside spot of it to get in. Um, all right, I think, I mean, the last part of our rundown here for this, this section was we were going to talk about whether or not uh, we think they have a chance. But, I mean, well, I guess let me ask you real quick, Dan. What do you, I mean, if you were going to give, it, give me some, like, odds what, what, or a percentage, what percent chance do the Nuggets have uh, of making the playoffs, in your opinion? Um, this will probably surprise you, but I'm going to say a 64% chance. 64% chance. Dan is saying... <laughs> <laughs> There's a likelihood they're going to be in instead of out. I was just like, if you, uh, I, was, I wanted you to elaborate, yeah, because I was not, I was expecting oh, okay. like it, Danford to be like a two point five percent chance. Oh yeah, um, I, I just, I mean, I, I've publicly stated many times that I don't think the Nuggets are going to play, make the playoffs. But that's me being an analyst, me being a fan. Like, I think the Nuggets will make the playoffs. Uh, I think that they can beat Minnesota. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, I, I think they're going to be able to beat Milwaukee in Indiana. Um, it's going to be tough, but especially Indiana, they're a lot better than people realize. Um, but I think they can beat Milwaukee. I think they can beat Indiana. If they pick up two wins against Minnesota, that just leaves L.A. and Portland. Um, the L.A. game is going to be really tough, and the Portland game could be... You know, that second to last game of the season could be like 
another game where the Nuggets find out if they're going to make the postseason or not, if you know, if they can beat the Trailblazers. But uh, which I, I I want the Nuggets to be in that situation. As a Nuggets fan, I want that drama to be going all the way to the final game of the season, and I I really want the Nuggets to make the playoffs. I um I could... well, I think it's a different thing between want or want to and, and thinking they can, and then being realistic about whether they will. Oh, you know, yeah. like Mike Malone tonight yeah. said, you know, people have given up on us. And I'm like, well, what reason have you given them to not do that? So yeah. as a fan, my perspective is prove it. I feel like they have a 40% chance of not making the playoffs, maybe uh, 60%. Per- I'm sorry, the other way around. I was like, that's like totally contradictory <laughs> what I just said. It's late. Uh, I think they probably won't make the playoffs. Can they? They absolutely can. They can. They have the talent to beat the best teams in the league, and they've done it when those teams are playing at their best. But I think at at this point where they're at right now, will they? I don't. I don't think so. And I feel like you know, if Mike Malone wants people to believe in the team, he needs to prove it. Yeah, I think I think they have to go three zero, and they're like they need to go on a four game win streak right now. That's Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Indiana, and Minnesota. If they if they lose any of their next three games. Especially if they lose to Minnesota, I, I I think they're done. Yeah, I think they'll be mathematically eliminated at that point. See, I I actually don't think if I think they could lose one more game here, but I mean, if you're gonna lose one, it, it would might as well be either Milwaukee or Indiana because that's an Eastern Conference team. It has zero role uh, in a tiebreaker whatsoever. Whereas every other game is so crucial, but I, you know, what? I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm, I'm kind of with Ashley on this. I just, it's just so tough to, to imagine them. I'm putting it together now. I mean, what is? I think is it still three games is the longest winning streak under Coach Malone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's like they've never put, uh, put strung together wins like that because there's always there's always that game that they just come out and they don't they don't play up to their. Uh, up to their ability, or that they they just don't put forth the effort, or they just have a mental lapse coming out of t- uh, out of halftime, uh, you know, or or uh, they end up just blowing it in the last. How many times did we see it? Like uh, the last season and this season, where they they've had a lead going into the fourth quarter, uh, and then they, I mean, they almost did it against the Thunder. They they were up like what by what like thirteen uh, going into the yeah. fourth quarter, and then they they end up having to win it in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's just where I'm like I haven't seen it. I'm with you, Ashley. It's like it's like a until I see it, uh, how can I expect it to happen? Like I uh, the the I evidence like we have. That... Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. No, no, you can go. No, ahead. I just I feel like what Malone said was directed at 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 people like us who have an opinion like this, and and I I just am like you 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 know yeah your longest winning streak is three games in a row. You have to give people some substance to 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 have hope in you know you have to have something to back up what you're trying to do in your mission and I don't feel like you know he's done that it's like uh Gil Whiteley <laughs> was talking about the Peter principle mm-hmm. and uh basically saying you know Nugget Malone has taken this team as far as he can take them we'll talk about that later but um I think that that might be the case yeah it's no I mean it's I. Uh, well, I, I was gonna say I, I, I I've gone plant, gone on quite a bit uh, on where I stand on Malone specifically, but um, I don't I just don't see uh, I don't know I, especially given the schedule it's just hard it's hard to see them them coming out and, and ending up uh, winning this this or getting into this playoffs, but. We're gonna. I'm gonna spin it again. I'm gonna try and turn it back positive because that's that's what we want to do. We want to be balanced on the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Um, let's say they get in. Uh, let's let's play the hypothetical game. Let's say the Denver Nuggets uh, get into the playoffs. They 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 catch uh, whoever. Um, Dan looks like a genius. He says, "Hey, I said back on the Pickaxe Pundit Show two weeks ago, uh, they had a 64% chance of making the playoffs." Um, and they get the eight seed, which we assume would be the Houston Rockets. Uh, Dan, I want to, I want to continue to thrive on your positivity. Um, what, what reason would we have to believe that the Nuggets would stand a chance against the Rockets in a playoff series? 
the they have a zero percent chance. <laughs> Dan's numbers come <laughs> crashing down. Uh, just James Harden's the MVP. Chris Paul's he's going to be able to rest down the stretch, so he'll be healthy and well. Right. He adds a mid range element and you know to their offense and just you know years of veteran experience and um he's going to be going against Jamal Murray <laughs> uh a second year point guard and right. uh they they just have they've got a great they got a top 5 defense they have a top 5 offense they have the best player this season in the league um and uh there's no way the nuggets could beat them uh, they probably wouldn't even win a single game but it'd be fun to watch them play four extra games to the season. Dan, oh, Dan, see, you can, I try to spin it positive, and Dan's just like, oh, let me just make this <laughs> crash and burn. Uh, dun, dun, dun. No, I, yeah, the, look, the Rockets are definitely the the worst possible matchup for the Nuggets for a lot of, like, I mean, you listen basically uh, the main reasons. I mean, James Harden uh, in particular, the, the Nuggets don't have a guy who can really defend them. Obviously, they'll, they'll try with Wilson Chandler, um, you know, as long as he's he's not too uh, this nose contusion that he got against the Thunder isn't too serious. Um, you uh, you I I don't like Jokic against Capella. That's I I just feel like they because they can't <laughs> it puts them Capella's almost just too he's too big he's too quick in that pick and roll uh, and Jokic just gets lost out there. Um, and then he's either Capella can also jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he could just jump right over him. And so it's like you're either going to end up with Jokic getting switched onto Harden or Chris Paul, um, or he's yeah. he's trying to recover uh, from that hedge and he's trying to get back to Capella. But Capella is just too fast and can jump too high. They just throw that lob all day long, um, and, and score points. I guess yeah, it's it's tough to find. It's tough to find the reasons why. The Nuggets would would beat the 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 Rockets. I I don't know, it'd man. It'd be like watching the first half of the Monstars game <laughs> in Space Jam. Yeah, you're probably right. Ashley, can That's you see? Very sad. Can you see any reason why the Nuggets would would have a chance against the against the Rockets? No, absolutely not. I think uh, you know the Rockets. <laughs> the Rockets offense is is incredibly annoying if you are anything but a Rockets fan. Like they they bait you into little tricky things and and they're very um, it's almost a manipulative type of offense that James Harden runs. It works for him and it is very successful. But the Nuggets not only do they do they not have great defense uh, against a team that is not maybe as strategic offensively, but they definitely don't have a chance against the Rockets who are. They have a very intelligent offense, in my opinion, and I'm no fan of James Harden, but right. his offense, his offense is very intuitive, and he's able to read his defender and and really trick them into. That's how he gets his fouls. That's how he gets his extra points. And he's probably, I I would say, better than most, if not the best in the league at that kind of thing. And so uh, he's just a very intelligent offensive player. And the Nuggets don't have anywhere the defense they need to handle that yeah especially in the playoffs yeah no doubt i mean like i said your your best bet would be to put would be to put wilson chandler on that on him but even then um we've seen i mean wilson like we've seen how hard he'll try to like not like you're saying to like not be tricked to even to the point where he's putting his hands behind his back to be like no look i'm not trying to touch him at all and he still gets uh harden still gets the call so uh yeah yeah I, then you combine the refs there yeah so he'll yeah exactly <laughs> double whammy you're gonna get those <laughs> the star calls which which of course uh-huh. n- nobody on the nuggets is gonna get and so um it's yeah, gonna tory craig is tory craig would set a postseason record for fastest <laughs> time to six fouls <laughs> <laughs> exactly six fouls in like seven minutes or something like that i could see it uh i could see it It would not be good uh so obviously all right let's the team i think uh, the team that i assume you guys would all agree that the nuggets would have a much better chance against uh, especially considering their health uh currently would be the golden state warriors of course the warriors uh well they got durant back they're about to get clay thompson back um, I think Draymond Green's still out, right? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's still out. And Steph, Steph's out of the first Steph's out, yeah. Sure. But, but so Steph would be missing, yeah, from the first round. So which would be 
which would be huge. Uh, I, I think that, like, I mean, I, it would be it would be an interesting series to see um, because you're going to have Steph out because I mean Kevin Durant's going through a rib uh, thing, which is you know like it's not a matter. I, he's probably not going to be fully healed. At any point for the rest of the season, you know, you would think he's he's going to have some discomfort there. So it's just a matter of managing that, um, and how effective he can still be. Obviously, like a ninety percent Kevin Durant is still better than uh, almost the entire anyone league. on the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but still better than anybody on the Nuggets. Absolutely. Um, but there, there would be. I mean, the Nuggets play the Warriors well, anyways, because I think the Warriors don't have a guy like a Clint Capella or anybody who's going to bother Nikola Jokic in particular. Um, and he seems to always be successful against them. They don't. Steph Curry uh, being out. I mean, whoever they're going to play at point guard isn't going to be Chris Paul, who's going to be a absolutely you know suffocating defender and and a heady guy who's who pretty much eats young point guards alive. Uh, there's a lot of the Nuggets' weaknesses aren't highlighted as much um, by that Warriors roster. Dan, what would you think? What reasons that they could the Nuggets might be able to at least? I mean, let's at least steal some games or make it an interesting series. Maybe even make it a seven-game series against the Warriors. I think they could beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. Oh man, see, Dan, it's mm-hmm. you. You're like bipolar on this uh, on this podcast. <laughs> well. Uh, I just I think that the Nuggets match up really well with the Warriors when the Warriors do not have Steph Curry and with Clay Thompson recovering from a thumb injury and Draymond Green being like limited with general body soreness and Kevin Durant having a rib injury because uh, the Warriors if you take away Durant Thompson and Curry are not a good three point shooting team. Um, so that if if you don't have Curry, I mean, you don't have to worry about the point guard, um, or, you know, stuff from, he runs so much stuff off ball as well, but you don't have to worry about him, you know, being that kind of a threat on the perimeter. So then you just stick someone on Clay Thompson and force him to drive. You kind of, you know, let Wilson Chandler, uh, guard Kevin Durant and Durant's going to get like 30, 40 points. Uh, you just let Draymond shoot. You keep JaVale McGee away from the rim. Keep Zaza away from your, you know, the your players knees. you don't want to get injured. <laughs> and then, you know, you just cook them on defense. Um, you go out there and, you you know, you run Jokic ball and you try to score 135 points to get, in, get into a shootout with them. And they don't have, without Curry, with, Curry, or, with Curry not there, I don't think they have enough horsepower um, to get into a shooting match like that, especially not for a seven game series. Yeah, that's. Um, and I, I think, I think you know, like one of Draymond's biggest advantages is that he has the physicality to match up against big centers. Well, Jokic is a big doughy dude who's gonna, you know, out footwork him and just work him on the defensive glass. Right. So, we've seen the Nuggets, uh, you know, defeat the Warriors this season and last season when the Warriors weren't at full strength. And uh, I think those were better teams, uh, at least deeper teams, when they played them. And I think the Nuggets would would match up really well. I mean, it, it'd be a really, really tough challenge. And I, I would put the odds at like 15 20%. But I think if they got a couple of lucky breaks and had some big games from guys like, you know, Wilson Chandler or from Will Barton or a game where, you know, Jamal Murray drops in like 25 points, I think they could steal a series from him. There you go. All right. All right. Back to positive mm-hmm. Dan. Uh, Ashley, what about you? Would, uh, what, would, would you kind of agree with Dan? Do you think that they'd have a, a, a decent shot at uh, stealing that series? I definitely do. I actually uh, I think part of the reason the Warriors lost so poorly to the Jazz was because they want to keep the Nuggets down. I, I feel like... Like Dan said, they match up really well uh, against the Warriors. The Nuggets do, and the the Nuggets have beat the Warriors when they're healthy and they're playing well. And so I think that that matchup is too much of a wild card for them. And so I, I think that they did that because they don't want to see them in the first round of the playoffs because the Nuggets are right there. If they decided to kick it into gear, they could. Um, and it would be really interesting. I think, you know. 
again, it kind of goes back to the can they, yes, will they, probably not, because I just don't think that they're at that level of competition. But if you're without players like, if you know, Clay Thompson is not at full strength, no Steph Curry. I really think the, the difference maker for the Warriors is Draymond Green. He's the guy that he has that, I don't know what it is, it's just magic. He, he takes all of everybody's talent and they get way better when he's in the game playing with them um, as, a, as a unit. But if you take Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and, and Steph Curry out of the mix, the Warriors aren't the Warriors. Right. Uh, especially again, Kevin Durant. So. Plus, it would be really nice for one entity in Colorado to send the Californians back to where they belong. <laughs> oh, please, oh. right? <laughs> That'd be so great. <laughs> it's, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it would be tough, but I, I think, I mean, I, I'm with you guys. I think there's a chance. There, there's definitely a chance um, they could pull it off, uh, just depending on, on how how banged up. Uh, the Warriors really are. I mean, I think they, uh, like like you said, Ashley, they, they've shown they can play against them when they're healthy. So um, a, a hobbled team, uh, you really, I think, really does sort of even the odds. Obviously, the Warriors still have uh, the edge and talent overall and obviously in playoff experience as well. So you, know, you would consider them to be a heavy favorite. Uh, but it certainly would be, uh, there would be a chance. Whereas, like we've been talking about the Rockets, probably no chance. Um no All right. Chance. So let's let's do this. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's go ahead and take take a break. Um, and then and then we'll we'll go. We'll flip back. We'll flip back onto the other side of this. This bipolar podcast is really what this or, or show or show. We, see, we can't even. Yeah, know. it's a show, man. Uh, it's it's a rough one. Uh, no, but we'll go ahead. We'll take a break, and then we come back. Um, let's talk about the changes. The the changes that the Nuggets might make uh, or need to make. Uh, to their rosters kind of kind of specifically or maybe even to the front office um, if they uh, if, if they do miss the playoffs so we will be right back we've all been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. everybody welcome back into the pickaxe pundit show uh i'm zach mikosh with denverstiss.com this is nothing but net radio uh we are with ashley douglas dan lewis we spent the first half uh of our show kind of wrapping up that 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 road trip and and then talking about maybe some potential playoff matchups with the warriors or with the uh with the rockets if the nuggets were able to pull off a uh the comeback and get in now let's talk about if they don't get in, I think, uh, and get to the, we'll, we're going to close the show, I guess, uh, on a more sour note, or we didn't even have to be a sour note. You could even say changes. I mean, <clears throat> whether or not the Nuggets make the playoffs, uh, there is, you want to see them make some, maybe make some changes to improve because the, the last thing, and we're not playing to be like an eight seed, uh, and get swept by the Rockets first round. That's not why you play the game. Um, 
<laughs> let's 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 start with the big let's start with the big kind of uh, the big chips on the table, right? <clears throat> the Nuggets have the core of Jokic, Murray, and Harris, but if if you I think sometimes what you see teams will do, um, and I specifically think of a team like you know. Um, when when Cleveland traded Andrew Wiggins, who was the first overall pick, right, uh, to to get Kevin Love, um, <clears throat> or when I think about when the when the Al Jefferson was kind of a um, a big piece or it was an up and coming center uh, for the Celtics, and they traded him so they could get Kevin Garnett. Uh, it would almost to me if the Nuggets were going to move one of those three big pieces and that and make it a big big change. It would have to be something like that, right? Where they're going to trade one of those guys uh, and get back some sort of big name kind of type of player. Um, Dan, let me ask you: what what kind of trade do you think it would have to be, or what kind of what kind of player would they have to get uh, in order to move one of those core guys? Um. Ask Ashley. Give me give me a minute to think about it. <laughs> All right, Ashley, I'll throw it to you. Uh, well, it's gonna it's tough, I guess. You know, in terms of the Nuggets organization, I don't know that. Um, and this is probably going to be a little intense, but I don't know that their front office has the sophistication in the trade realm in order to to capitalize on on that type of a situation and make it better. And so I would like to see them not do that. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how big of a trade it would be to involve all three players. I don't think. I don't think they should do that by any stretch of the imagination. No, yeah, definitely I feel like not Murray all three. Ha- yeah, but it, you know, any one of those guys, I, I guess. Um, boy, it's hard to say. I don't. I don't really want to part with any of them. But to be frank with you. The, the person on the bottom of that list is Jokic for me right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, based on just his attitude and his effort. And, um, you know, I feel like the Nuggets need to talk about, you know, how to get him motivated and keep him engaged and professional and consistent. Um, so I feel like, I feel like if, if you've got, you know, a center that, or that can facilitate like Jokic, which I, I don't really think there's a ton of options like that, and and – the price is big enough, then go for it. But I feel like the Nuggets are in a bad spot because, you know, any other team in the league could come and offer Jokic a ton of money, and then he might go. Well, so like here's uh, here, the thing that that I think is probably going to happen uh, most likely with that is like the Nuggets will uh, they'll probably decline his team option this this off season, and so that way if any if any team offers him a ton of money. Uh, the Nuggets can just match it, uh, and then he'll be he'll still be in Denver. I would expect them to go in that direction. <clears throat> you know what's interesting though? I think about Jokic and like I mean I obviously I mean I I, w- I would disagree. I would say I'm 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 still definitely on uh, key, the 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 idea that you keep Jokic on the roster and you you build around him. Um, but one thing that 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 I, I kind of pointed out in the in the article I wrote the other day was that. He, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily fit what Coach Malone uh, seems to want to do uh, the most. And, like, there there seems to be somewhat of a disconnect there. And so you wonder, like, I mean, th- would uh, – th- I don't think the Nuggets would ever do this. Like, I, I think they're, they're definitely going to go with Jokic uh, over Coach Malone if they if they had to make that choice. But you would be interested if they maybe the, – would they be better off uh, if they could – seeing what they could get with a guy like that – um, and, and and get something that maybe fits coaches. If you're going to keep stick with coach, uh, somebody who would better off fit his uh, kind of his style of play. It's uh, it's it's a crazy idea, I think. Though I, I mean, it just like because Yoke, he's so young and he's so effective. Um, but I get what you're saying. Like he has some uh, he he has some. I don't want to part with him. No, I just I just feel like they need to sit down and have a serious talk with him about. It's almost like it. How- I would say, like you know, he's. It's like you gotta. At some point, you gotta grow up, right? Like you gotta. Yes. You gotta. You gotta understand that, like you, you things don't swing back and forth um, within the minutes of a game or within days or like you know that within within even weeks that like you you just have to you you have a steady focus um, and and you're and you're just prepared to mentally every time to bring the same effort uh, and, and and the same. 
um, or not let your frustrations make you do uh, things that hurt your team. Um, That's kind of where he's got to get, I think, uh, to really become uh, a superstar player. Uh, Well, and he needs to get serious about getting in the gym. You know, I'm I'm really disappointed in the, the amount of effort he put in the, over the summer on his body. Like he came in looking. I mean, he's he's a little soft, <laughs> and it's like, dude, if you're gonna be, uh, if you're gonna be the the Nuggets' best player, you need to take that very seriously. And that's kind of where my point is coming in about the professionalism. You know, it's time to be a grown up. It's time to take this very seriously, and your effort needs to be consistent. Because I feel like he gets out there. And maybe he's frustrated. Maybe Malone's putting him in a bad position and he's not able to be as effective as he needs to be. That's possible. But I feel like he gets out there and sometimes his attitude is lackadaisical or, and he, he seems like his effort is – he just doesn't want to put in the effort. Yeah. I, maybe it's pouting. I, I mean, I see that, I see that during, during the games – uh, definitely, obviously, when he makes – we've seen that a bunch of right when he, when he does those silly fouls. I mean, it's – in some ways, I don't. It's hard to say, like in terms of his off-season preparation, because I do think some guys um, have struggled with that with the Nuggets and and with Jokic. He obviously he went he went home to Serbia, which is fine. Um, but and and he he didn't play for his national team, right? Which which is kind of like an, it's it's an interesting like a theory about the way to approach what's really best for um, for for maintaining basketball shape, which is you know he he stayed home to. Um, to supposedly to you know to work on his body and to work on his conditioning, um, and we saw you know of course lots of pictures of him doing the workouts. But you wonder if maybe maybe if you're not just better off uh, just keeping playing basketball and almost staying in that basketball shape. I mean I mean it's hard to say too. I mean some guys just some guys just end up they have doughy looking bodies. Like I I can I'm a testament to that. Uh, <laughs> well, I I think there's a difference between the way it looks and then then how effective he is. Like if he's if he still looks doughy and he's still getting, I mean he he's still very effective. Don't get me wrong. Let me let me keep this in the realm of Nikola Jokic is amazing, but I have a whole set of higher expectations for him now because he's been thrust into this position of the best player on the team, and right, so like, if he's going to be that, he needs to develop more. Like Marcus Saul has a pudgy doughy body but he can still play 36 40 minutes a night like, yeah yes you can right. you know you can have a chubby little body and still have you know get your conditioning up to where it needs to be i think that's i think that's more what ashley's saying yeah just, I don't he, care doesn't need he, looks, to, he doesn't just... need to look like dwight howard he just needs to be able to play <laughs> or, 36 minutes a night or even mason plumley <clears throat> yeah. right it was uh, all right. Well, um, I'm trying. I'm ready to answer now. All right. Yeah. Yes. Let, let's get your Sorry, answer, Dan. Dan. That's okay. No, I I just needed time to to gather my thoughts. Um, but I think, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much because I have like like free agent and players to target in the off season article that will be, get published in the off season. I don't want to prematurely put that out there, but uh. The one player I think that would be really great for the Nuggets to try to trade for actually plays for the Warriors, and that's Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Warriors are in a really tricky position where they're about to have to... They just gave Steph Curry a huge $208 million contract. They're going to have to give a similar contract to Kevin Durant, um, who's going to be a free agent in the offseason. And... I think they have to choose between Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, unless they just want to pay ridiculous luxury tax payments right. for the next like four or five years. And so I think that they may be in a position where they are gonna, they could be convinced to trade Clay Thompson. So I mean, this is like a a really low percentage of happening, but like if the Nuggets miss the playoffs, um, then they get a top three pick in the lottery. <laughs> um, <laughs> Taking that and like flipping, like a top three pick and like I don't know, like Wancho and Trey Lyles or something. To try to like, or the Warriors are like, okay, well we're getting this top three player, and we're getting bench depth. Um, Trey Lyles. No. <laughs> well, he's going to be replaced by Wancho and Tyler Lydon, so uh. it's going to be fine. But, uh, uh, <laughs> um. But like adding Clay Thompson to this team, I think would be really awesome because 
that gives somebody that gives a versatile defender. He's chill. I think he'd get along really well with Jokic. Um, I think he'd enjoy playing in Denver and, uh, like, enjoy the culture here for different reasons. Um, but I think he'd help give them, like, a, a floor spacer on offense as well, somebody that can go off for, like, 25 points a night. So I think it'd be really, I think he would be somebody that could really help the Nuggets take the next step from being the nine seed to being, like, the five seed. There you go, from the nine to the five. Um, that's, <laughs> it's progress. Uh, no, I, I, I wonder, I mean, I, I really wonder if, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to give up Jamal Murray in that kind of, in that kind of scenario. And I wonder if like, maybe that wouldn't be so bad. Like I'd, I'd give up Gary Harris for Clay Thompson. The thing if, is though, but Gary Clay Harris, Thompson Gary Harris doesn't really help them salary wise. Right. Because Gary Harris is about to get uh, $18 million a season. Whereas Jamal Murray well, well, has still got a few more years yeah, on that but, rookie contract. That's that's probably going to be seven million dollars less than what Clay gets, and that's, that's true. That's another player. Like you can be like, I can get Clay Thompson, or I can get Gary Harris, and someone like two, one or two other people. Right. So, I trade Gary Harris well before I traded Jamal Murray. That's for sure. I feel like Jamal Murray is is a competitor. You know, he's. I mean, I think he's going to be something really special. Yeah, I, boy, I mean, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't want to give it up either. I, I just see, I guess, I see, see it from that. Um, um, well, and here's the other thing I see. Like, I think there's been a lot of, uh, and we have, we've only seen flashes of it because they haven't played very much together. But I have seen, think there's been a lot of positives when, when we see Devin Harris uh, and Nikola Jokic play together, and I think it's so much of it shows of just how, how good it is for Jokic to have like a true savvy veteran point guard uh, who's capable of, of initiating the ball uh, or, or, the, or the play when, when Jokic, uh, when, when, when the defense kind of bottles up what Jokic is trying to do. Um, and I wonder, like, if you if you traded Jamal uh, and got Klay Thompson back, because you'd essentially hope, you know, Klay Thompson would probably slide in as your small forward. Um, and then... And then you go out and you get, I mean, you, you do what you have to do. You get, just get uh, a, some sort of veteran point guard uh, who's well, capable uh, of being your starter. My my top free agent right now, uh, you know, this is unofficial, but is Rajon Rondo, who oh. will be an unrestricted free agent. And oh, you can laugh, but no, he's been playing way better. He's been doing it's great true. in New he's Orleans. He's been really good in New Orleans. And this yeah, he's, but he's, he's so weird. He brings such a weird dynamic to teams. Right, and we have He's Nicole Jokic as our center. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be such an interesting. That's like the odd couple, Rondo and yeah. uh, <laughs> Rondo and Jokic. Most bizarre uh, team in the league. But it would right? be uh, the, the problem with Rondo is he doesn't space the floor at all. Like, what do you what do you think he's shooting from three I, this season? Thirty four percent. Ashley, what do you think? Thirty eight percent. He's he's actually shooting thirty four percent. So below <laughs> league average. I mean, but not as as bi- abysmal as he's been. I get it. I get it. Um, man, we are almost we are almost out of time. Which one do we want to squeeze in here? Um, let's just we'll, we'll just go right back into this, which is uh, so the Nuggets. Uh, I mean, it's fun to talk about this, but let me, I guess we'll keep with the percentages going, uh, Dan, what, I mean, given where their salary cap, uh, or where their salary, uh, structure and their salary, where they're going to be at in terms of the salary cap this season, I mean, do they really have any chance of picking up any guys in free agency or making any big moves or are they pretty much stuck with this raw, the same roster next season? No, and I think they're going to bring back Will Barton as well. Um, because they have his bird rights. Um, right. It just, you know, I, people can talk, like Mason Plumley made a huge play in that Oklahoma City game. He's he he's, major he's had his ups and end. downs this whole season, but there's no denying that his contract just put the Nuggets in a, an impossible situation to acquire free agents right. this offseason, you know, in the summer of 2018. And also their inability to get Kim Freed's contract off their books. Yep. Um, it, that's like what thirty million dollars that they're just like twenty five to thirty million dollars. Like twenty six, I think. Up. Yeah. 
So that's a max. That's almost a max contract for a lot of guys in the league, and right. the Nuggets are paying that to Mason Plumley and Kenneth Freed. Right. So um, that puts us in a situation where we're over not just the salary cap, but we're over the luxury tax, especially if we give a yeah, maximum to contract to Jokic. Yep. Yep. So this is the this is the team you're getting, uh, plus whatever pick they get in the first round. Plus, yeah, the, that middle middle of the rep first round uh, pick. Unless, of course, as you say, they hit on that top three uh, chance. What is that like? They're gonna have like a point point zero zero point eight chance like a, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a one percent chance of them getting a top three pick. I, 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 In the middle of the first round, but they always could trade down. So they can, yes, 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 they can yeah. trade Possible, down and pick up another later. power forward. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, no, yeah, those those two contracts hurt, man. Those Mason Plumley, Kenneth Freed. Also, I mean, Darrell Arthur has a player option. You have to assume he's going to opt into that for that seven million. So there's another uh, put on there. That's that's thirty three million. Now they're up to. I really, I really hope the Nuggets. Just, I know I'll try to make this week, but I really hope the Nuggets are like, hey, if you opt out, we can't officially offer you this. We will pay you two million dollars for the next five years to have a front office job. Right, but like that job right. is not there if you opt into your player contract. So it is, oh, it's a rough <laughs> okay. one. Even though, but even then, it's like it doesn't matter either way. Like Darrell Arthur's contract is not going to swing it one way or the other. It's really that, like you said, that Kenneth Fareed contract, um, and then I mean Chandler Wilson Chandler's player option uh, is another big one. If he opts in, that's that's twelve million. Uh, on the books as well. Ashley, I'll let you get the final thought on it. So uh, we've got about like two minutes left. Is and, and question real quick, is Will Barton a free agent? He, uh, yeah, yeah, he is. See, and this is what sucks, right? Because they've potentially missed their opportunity or they have missed their opportunity to get something for him because I would like to see him go away. Um, <laughs> can't we but, can't bring back Gallo, Ashley? <laughs> no, but no, I agree. I, I actually don't want Gallo back. Boy, he's a he's walking a injury, season. poor guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, th- th- again, this goes back to the Nuggets' uh, uh, savviness in the basketball business. I think that they lack some experience in that capacity. And I think the front office would do well to perhaps get somebody who's better at strategizing these kinds of things because they keep ending up in these types of, of no-win situations where you're kind of locked into who you've got. You have kind of a mediocre draft pick. So what do you do? Right. You know, you're kind you, of you've, stuck. You run out the value of your players because you, you don't trade them in time, and, and now you just you've lost your leverage. I kind of and they feel do like, this often. I feel like Ashley has just been like reading a lot of Gordon's writing lately because I, this, <laughs> this is these are all the same the same complaints I have. Is it the same? That's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I apparently have turned into a bit of a pessimist, but you just see their behavior in in the in the league, and it's you see that their their savviness is is not there. Yeah, they've well, they've they've. It's a, it, I'll just say this. It's it's a big this off season coming up. It's a big one. It, it's a big one for uh, for the Nuggets. It's a big one for their front office. Um, and, and how they how they navigate it is going to be especially crucial. So um, it'll be it'll be fun to see one way or another whether the Nuggets make the playoffs or not. It'll be something that we can talk about here on the Pickaxe Pundit Show. But we are out of time for this week. So. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Uh, Ashley is at Ashley NBA Hoops. Dan is at Minuteman Dan. Uh, obviously at Denver Stiffs and at NBN Dash Radio. Uh, follow follow us on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs and also over on Facebook. Give us a follow. Uh, make sure to like uh, our posts there uh and if you guys are catching this on the podcast version um on itunes if you would go ahead and give us uh, a subscribe and a rating we would appreciate it Alrighty, dan ashley i appreciate you both being on yep thanks guys (laughs) exactly go uh go michigan and go villanova i'm still in this office pool that is it. We are out of time. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week.
time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.